welcome to Define the Relationship podcast, a podcast where we explore the relationship we have with the Bible and ourselves. I'm one of your hosts, Darlene Enstick. And I'm the other host, Ted Enstick. And as you can tell from our names, we belong together. I just defined the relationship. Good afternoon. Welcome to episode 28 of Define the Relationship podcast. I am Darlene. And I'm Ted. And today we have a very special guest with us. It's not really a guest. I don't know. It's Cal. I mean, Cal, you're not a guest. You're just like like, uh, homemade slippers. (laughs) (laughs) That was the first thing that came to my mind. Wow. 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 Welcome here on this podcast with us, Cal. Well, thank you very much. Does Cal have a last name or is he... Cal Funk. (laughs) Fine. Fine. Um, So today's podcast will be a bit of a diversion from what we have been up to lately. Um, And more specific to the Seeds Church community in particular. So um, I think mostly we connect to Seeds people, but um, sometimes we also get a glimpse of people outside of the community that are listening into some of the conversations that we're having, which we love. Um, But today is going to be a bit more kind of... um, in-house kind of a family meeting sort of sort of deal and um cal is here to to help us with that conversation and specifically it is around um a vision for seeds community that was started a couple of years ago as we were approaching our 20th birthday as a church community and we kind of started to throw out this crazy question of so what about the next 20 years like where do we see ourselves and um of course this was all pre-covid and we had no idea how much um our lives would change in fact in that year so that's the thing about visioning is that you never actually know what things you could never imagine happening Um, and that's a bit of a sobering thought maybe, but also, um, kind of important because although COVID has changed a lot of things, there's still, um, a lot of things that, that, um, the seeds community began right before COVID started and, you know, we had to halt a lot of stuff, but also, um, if anything, those things almost became like more like, um, radical or, or emphasized in their importance because so much of it is around being connected. And we've spent the last year and a half more disconnected than we are supposed to be. And so, um, all that to say, uh, we want to have a conversation today for the Seeds community and really for anybody else that cares to listen in about um, reminding you what conversations were started when we started thinking and dreaming about the next 20. And maybe if you need to jog your memory a little bit, we sat around tables in the exchange and there was all kinds of ideas and questions and thoughts that were put on papers around the room and and maybe you thought all of that was forgotten but our vision team has continued the conversation and Cal is here especially because he's been spearheading a lot of um, the initiations of what happened out of that and so Yeah, so we're here to talk about all that, and I'm going to just quickly outline to you the four areas that we're going to talk about, and then I'm going to ask Cal and Ted to um, 
to jump in with with some info. So one, we want to just um, give you a bit of a reminder of where we've come from. Two, we want to talk about how a lot of the ideas that came up, how what got honed in on. Three, there's a big idea that we want to share with you that we're really excited about. And then four, we want to talk about some next steps. And this is all either you might be listening to this pre-May 16th or post-May 16th, uh, which is the date for our congregational meeting. Um, But either way, this will help frame that conversation. So, um, Ted, do you want to start us off with kind of summarizing where we have come from? Just say a bit more about, you know... um, what what brought us to this place yeah so i think like um there's been many conversations going on over the past two years and the process for us began in uh, january of 2019 when we gathered as lead team and vision team for our annual retreat oh boy i remember those good old days when we used to gather for retreats (laughs) and the last time we did that was two years ago because of covid um And we started to ask this question. Um, We're going to turn 20 years old as a community um, in 2020. And we asked, you know, where do we see seeds in 20 years from now? And um, it's kind of a fun conversation to have when you're, you're unfettered from any pressure to come up with any specific ideas or solve any particular problem in the moment. You're just blue sky thinking about what's going to come next and um and that's where this next 20 conversation began sorry i was just gonna say like if i remember like it was kind of funny because we even kind of said so in 20 years like how old will you be (laughs) again a girl going around our circle and seeing you know we have a pretty diverse age group and I'm going to be 70 and I'm going to be 50 and so it's it's just a really kind of what what's the word it's a um sobering yeah sobering i already used that word though so but it is sobering yeah yeah i mean one of the one of the questions we asked with our group i mean we're a, our leadership team is a multi-generational group of people and we asked where people were 20 years previously and many of the people were quite young 20 years ago when we started seeds and um and then when you think 20 years into the future um many of us wondered if we would still be around or not so um um yeah so that so that's when the conversation started and um we brought the congregation along for the ride um with the start of our birthday the 20th year in 2020 in january we started the conversation and then um had lots of exciting um, areas of emphasis that people saw as being where they saw seeds in the future. And um, the way we focused our conversation was around our our mission to make Jesus real um, to ourselves and to our community and also to uh, be shaped by our core values of connection, responsiveness, and openness, and to... Uh, to basically enflesh our anchors of fostering relationships, um, taking time to listen, and moving with purpose. And so this gave shape to our conversation, and we started to think about ways that we could enflesh the next 20 as we went forward. And um, as Darlene already mentioned, like once we got into the thick of that, we were meeting with small groups and we had some large group gatherings, conversations, and then we had to shut everything down because of COVID. Things uh, things really tightened up um, and we just weren't able to do the congregational kind of meeting that we had done before. And um, so it kind of put everything on ice for a bit, but I don't know, about halfway through this past year, um, vision team, we just started started asking, look, well, we don't want to let this lay fallow too long. We need to start um, 
having conversations, not with ourselves internally, but start having conversations with our community. This was a major emphasis that came out of our discussions as a as a church, was that we wanted to have more impact with our community, and we wanted our church to be more thinking about what the community needed and not thinking so much about, hey, well, what what do we want to do for ourselves? So that outward focus was a big part of what shaped how we went forward. And so we, we, um, we decided that the best way to do that is to start talking to leaders and organizations and people in our community and asking them, what do you think are the biggest needs in our community? What are the biggest opportunities? What are things that need to be happening that aren't happening? And trying to look for ways that we could move with purpose as a community into those spaces that they're um, there are some needs. That's kind of what shaped our conversations. And uh, can I jump in here and just ask the question? Maybe Cal um, or or you, Ted, can remember um, when we had that congregational meeting in the worship center at the exchange. Are there, you know, we put stuff up around the on the walls. What were some of the things that jumped out at you that? Um, you know, maybe it'll jog the memory of some of the people listening about what are some of the things that we talked about that that we dreamed about connecting to? I have the document right here, Cal. I don't know unless um, you want to just throw the top it of your head. As we speak, but go ahead. No, why don't you go ahead? You. Uh... Yeah, I mean, you can look at the document, but you can just also remember, like, just like what's what's one thing, Cal, that really jumped out at you from that conversation with the, with the church? Yeah, I mean, I think the just the aspect of um, A, being far bigger than just our congregation, mm-hmm. uh, that it needed to embrace the broader community. And uh, it seemed like so much stuff revolved around food. Mm-hmm. A lot of conversations about food and... Uh, a lot of very excited people when we talked about food and about revamping a kitchen and uh, kind of a gathering space that would be used by the community for, you know, preparation of and sharing of food. Yeah. And food being kind of the, the basis for connection and relationship with groups yeah. of people, especially people that are different than us. Um, maybe this is something that's been reinforced over and over again for us during this last year of the pandemic is that we feel like we're becoming more and more polarized as a society during this time. And uh, one of the dreams and visions of the con- out of the conversation was to create environments where we might bring people that were different together and um, create some harmony and some reconciliation um, between groups that are very different. So, um, And that included, um, you know... Um, newcomers, indigenous relationships, um, LGBTQ connections. Um, those are just a, a few of the things that you people out there <laughs> um, came up with. So, okay. Um, Cal, walk us through a bit of uh, when you started getting involved and feel free to talk about like what fire you were fired up about like going on a bit of a mission. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's funny how things work. Like, like so many of us, uh, during the pandemic, uh, I found that it felt like, uh, life had been sucked out of me and I didn't really have much space for much of anything. I, everything that I had went into my job and went into my grandkids, uh, you know, our, our immediate family, and that was all there was. And uh, I remember one day, it was just sort of a, almost a passing thing, but we had our grandkids with us, and Joan needed to go to the exchange for some reason. So I went along, her, uh, uh, Selah and Augie and I went with Joan to the exchange. And while I was there, I just kind of had memories, and so I, I th- remember sending you guys a text and just saying, should we just start something? Like, <laughs> you know? And it was sort of a fleeting moment. I thought I'd probably regret it later because I really didn't have energy for it. Hmm. But uh, I think it was then that we just agreed, well, let's just start talking to people. And once the 
once the floodgates opened and we started to talk to people, it's sort of like, uh, yeah, just, I know things changed in me. I know that. <laughs> and, uh, I, I just became really, uh, excited about and passionate about these conversations that we were having with all these diverse people from different walks of life, different backgrounds, different identities, different, uh, yeah, everything. And you were going to these people with some some basic questions what what were the questions that you were asking when you were meeting with people yeah i mean it, it sort of depended a little bit on who i was talking to but but uh, i didn't have much in my hip pocket i mean so we had had these congregational meetings and we had a, a broad framework i guess of of some you know like we talk about food and we talk about connecting with the rest of the community um, um, so part of what I drew on, we, we built a relationship with a wonderful lady by the name of Bev Weeb from, uh, Winkler. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I know she's from Winkler. Everybody's a police. <laughs> Put that aside. Uh, set that aside. <laughs> hold your judgment. It's, you it's lost me good. at Winkler, but keep going. <laughs> lost me at Winkler. So she's the executive director of Central Station in Winkler, and and some of you will have varying degrees of of, uh, knowledge of what goes on at Central Station, but Central Station's a really cool place, and so we uh, got to know her a bit, sort of just pre-pandemic, and then even mid-pandemic, and in the summer when we were allowed to connect with people, we actually had her over to our home for dinner, Ted and Dar, Jonah, myself, and, and Bev. And she's just uh, was somebody that was really uh, quite inspirational and and helpful and resourceful. And so when I was talking with people, I would often use the example of, well, this is what Central Station is doing in in Winkler. And not that we want to necessarily replicate everything that they're doing, but there's some really cool things that they're doing. And maybe just for those who know nothing about Central Station, can can you give us a quick little... Summary. Yeah, Central Station's a nonprofit organization, uh, a faith-based nonprofit, located pretty much in the center of Winkler. And uh, I, I don't remember their mission statement off the top of my head, but it would be something along the lines of connecting the disconnected. Like they, mm. their main purpose really is is to create a safe place for people of all walks of life to enter through the door of their place, their location where they, they remove stigmas, um, they, they offer uh, friendship, they offer relationship, and they offer help. So one of, the, you know, one of the very cool things that they do is that their staff, both paid and volunteer staff, are trained. I'll give one example maybe that kind of sums it up. So they, the food bank's located in the same location as Central Station. They, they share a space, they're a tenant. And on those food bank days... Um, in the mornings, people that come to the food bank arrive, and there's a hot breakfast waiting for them, free of charge, if they're interested. And, uh, and so they can have a hot breakfast. And the people that serve them breakfast, the people that uh, do the intake for food bank, you know, when they sit down and say, what do you need, are all trained to not only help them with whatever nutritional requirements they have, they're also trained to uh, to use what we affectionately call the binder, and Dara's all over the binder. She can hardly wait for her own copy of the binder. Well, they've uh, they've assembled a binder of resources over the years that they've been in existence, and that binder basically connects them to pretty much every and any organization, government or nonprofit. Uh, that offers any kind of service that might be relevant to their clients. So if you're somebody that needs help with CFS or you're somebody that needs financial counseling or you're somebody that's dealing with the justice system or you're, you know, and dot, 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 and it's a list of dozens of different organizations, this staff, volunteer and salaried staff, are trained to help guide you through a process where you're going to be able to access those services in a much easier way um, and, and try to help people, uh, I guess, help people help themselves, but be an advocate for people, right? Um, try to remove the barriers for people. Um, and that that's sort of a core principle of, of how they operate. Now, they've got 
all sorts of different things that go on out of their organization during the week. So sure, the feed bank, the food bank is there one day a week, but they've got a relationship with Family Resource Center where in the past they actually were housed out of the same location. They aren't anymore, but they still work together. They work with their local youth drop-in center, which actually is currently housed in the same location. They've got uh, they've got classes going for you know recently divorced people or people who are in se- you know being separated or people who need financial counseling or or you know and again dot 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 and the idea is that they bring it all under as much as they can they bring it under one roof and they they have this community meal which you know pre COVID of course but but the community meal wasn't for. Uh, well, those people who couldn't afford to eat. The community meal was really for the whole community. And so you bring this broad swath of people from different economic backgrounds in together into a place. You might have a dance class for kids that has nothing to do with your income, right? It's just, here we're offering a dance class. Mm-hmm. So the idea is you remove these stigmas by having so much going out of one location that no one has a clue why you're walking through the doors. You could be going through for a, my- a myriad of reasons, right? Um, but really, in essence, being the hands and feet of Jesus. Now, you know, they're 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 overt in their mission statement about their connection to and love of Jesus. But that that's a, a big part of what they do. And yet, at the same time, they are very very sensitive to uh, people and people's faith backgrounds, and they are not overtly evangelical or Bible thumping or whatever you want to call it. Like yeah. They're very, very sensitive to the people that walk through the door. So that's it, probably a bit of a long-winded answer. No, but. that's great. Um, and I think even before we connected face-to-face with Bev or went to go see Central Station for ourselves, I mean, I think we were recognizing a disconnect of connection to resources in our own community kind of like personal examples of like how do you who helps people kind of connect to what what we even know is available and are there coaches and mentors available and so that kind of became seems to have become a really one of the strong kind of needs that we saw as for instance Cal, you met with, you know, Perry Bachelor and at the police station and you met with other community groups and maybe you want to give a list of people, but I'm just kind of thinking about how this, this need started to become stronger and stronger of, um, a place for people to be able to access what they need and have somebody actually help them think about what they need. Um, yeah, I just wanted to, I just, it's interesting that in the, in the breadth of two years of having a conversation, when you, um, when you look at the ideas that came out of our congregational conversations, it feels a bit like, you know, it's like we have a hundred ideas, you know, so how do you decide what you're going to do and what are you going to coalesce around? And, um, it's interesting how, as we started continuing to have conversations with people how you start to coalesce around larger themes and you know i don't know how many people kind of kind of change their mind or have new ideas because of a podcast they listen to but like last summer i was listening to a podcast by michael lewis one of my one of my favorite authors um author of the blind side moneyball and uh, he did a podcast on the importance of coaches and it really dawned upon me when I was listening to that how important it is for people to have coaches in their lives. And often the people who need coaches the most, maybe they have financial difficulties, maybe they have um, you know, relational difficulties or mental health difficulties that they're having a difficulty kind of getting a handle on. And often the people that need support and help the most are the ones that have the least help and support. And so... Um, this idea and then experiencing what was going on at Central Station in Winkler where it kind of felt like, hey, this is exactly what they're doing. They have people who understand the ins and outs of social services and the organizations that exist and how to connect the dots between many different things that are happening and just 
advocate specifically for a person or a family to get them to the, to the needs that actually um, make the most sense for them. And um, at no cost, you know, and it's, you know, some of us, we have financial advisors, you know, so when we want to think about how to deal with our financial situation, we pay money to somebody to coach us in our financial dealings. Well, there's many people that don't have that privilege to have somebody to walk them through the options they have with their finances and how to get a hold of them. And so uh, it just became clear that, you know, we have so many great services, so many great organizations in our community, but at times we struggle to help people to access them. And uh, I think and people is, is all of us. Like, it's not like yeah. there's a us and we know things and a them, they're the needy people. Like, that's... One of the things that has become clear too is we all need coaches and need people to help connect us to what we need because we find ourselves in new situations or, um, you know, I could tell a lot of stories right now, like (laughs) where it's just, it's your first time doing something. You don't know where to go, what to do. Mm -hmm. This has nothing to do with um, you know, your ability, it just has everything to do with, oh, I'm finding myself in a new situation and I, and I need some, like, I need some support. And, uh, so, um, so yeah. Okay. There's a, probably a lot more we could say about that, but let's move on. Cause we can't talk about this for three hours. Like we probably could. Um, <laughs> Cal, I want you to to kind of bring us to the big idea of 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 what has begun begun yeah begun to be formed has been beginning to form. <laughs> I want you to walk us through what's been starting to take shape. Yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, well, you know, I, I just uh, just reflecting, I was pulling up that document that we had from our uh, congregational meeting, you know, and, and the big three take-homes were the larger community, newcomers, and and the use of our, you know, the, the exchange as we mm-hmm. move forward. And it's kind of interesting, you know, to reflect on that. So as I, as, as I, or as we, it wasn't just me, it was, was others as well, but as we were talking with all these various community members, using the exchange as, a, or sorry, using Central Station, sorry, as a, as a bit of an example of what might be, um, I found it interesting how people coalesced around that idea, um, actually got quite excited about that idea. Um, conversations with some you know, local business members where I, I remember walking into one business and I just I just wanted to set up a meeting with the person like I I didn't really want to get into it and he said well give it to me right now so you know I got five minutes give it to me right now and so it was my first attempt at that elevator speech which uh, I'm not sure how that went but you know just how how um, how interested people were and how willing they were to embrace the the concept and the ideas and and really, the big idea being to uh, to create a place, um, a central location that is the hub for several community-related uh, initiatives that might go on. Doesn't mean that everything has to operate under the roof of that place, but that there is a common space where lots of things do happen and where. Uh, potentially where there would be a few tenants that would be key kind of tenants that 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 you see that flow of people that are coming through on a regular basis and and one of the pillars is this this concept or this idea of helping connect the disconnected um, having a having a, an avenue a way to build relationships with people and over time through those relationships we can help connect much like what I described earlier about central station, whether it's, you know, salaried staff or, or volunteer folks. Can you just redo that last sentence? Because it, uh, it fluttered for a bit there and we lost you for a second. So just that last bit you said, 
So, you mean about connecting the... I think so. I think that's what you were talking about. Mm. Oh. Because you froze for a bit, so we're not sure what you exactly said, and then it came back when well, you were... You know, it is my first podcast, so I you know, <laughs> have to admit that I was a little nervous. But I'm assuming um, it wasn't a human blip. I think it was actually technology. <laughs> technology. Well, no, just the, the vision for connecting the disconnected um, was something that seemed to really resonate with people. They, they, uh, they love the idea of a, of a community-based organization. They love the idea of something that people from all walks of life could uh, enter into. Um, the people that I talked to were super, super affirming about this organization being affirming, <laughs> you know, that it really was a safe place for, for any, for, for yeah, people of any sexual identity. Um, but that the, the idea of it being a, a central place for, for, you know, for people to connect to. And, and as we were talking with people, like I'm just, you know, so I mentioned earlier, talking about what we had at our last congregational meeting and those three things of the larger community, newcomers, and the exchange. Like one of the organizations that's been the most receptive has been regional connections and, and people connected to regional connections. Mm. Uh, or, uh, you know, conversations we've had with Build a Village earlier where super connected and super embraced uh, or they embraced the idea well there. Mm. Uh, trying to find my own words. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah, the idea of, of coming around uh, a central location, connecting the disconnected, and then, and then finding some tenants, key tenants, key partners that would be willing to call this place their home, and then, and then have other partners who use the space on a regular basis. So people like Family Resource Center, for example, were quite interested in that. I mean, they already use the exchange, if that's where this is. They already use that space as, as an example of, of uh, where they use it on somewhat of a regular basis. Um, but other organizations as well, the idea of locating there, calling this their home, um, having this as a central spot. And... As time went along, uh, we started to refer to this as a potentially the Altona Community Exchange, right? So um, share the share the mission statement that we kind of. This is all. I mean, we're sharing it all as like working, kind of processing. Um, ideas and documents that we want feedback on. So this is uh, just sharing a draft mission. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure, sure. I can do that. The Altona Community... I'm going to start that over again. (laughs) The Altona Community Exchange exists to remove obstacles, giving people access to resources, support, and community in the Altona and surrounding area. Yeah. That's big. Oh, I just want to need to take a big breath with that. Um, Ted, do you want do you want to pick up on some of the stuff that Kel? Started? Yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit, maybe about how I see this from our congregational standpoint. Mm-hmm. Like this, it feels like this is a little bit unprecedented for us as a church. Because um, as we started thinking about our next 20, it's invariably you think about like sort of our initiatives and what are we going to do as a church and what's it going to look like for us as a church. And I think what's happened, at least in coalescing around this vision that Cal just shared the kind of the draft mission of, is that we started to realize that um, although we might want to seed this idea and catalyze this idea in our community, that we really believe that this needs to go beyond the walls of seeds and be owned by a diverse group of stakeholders and leaders in the community. And um, and so it, far beyond, in fact, that that we've talked about beyond not just beyond the walls of seeds but beyond a particular faith um umbrella yeah do you want to talk about that yeah like i mean the story of if people may know the story of central station is that 
one individual congregation in Winkler spurred the idea and began the organization um, with a faith-based perspective and, um, and has basically what we see today at Central Station is something that birthed out of a congregation. And I think that one of the things that we've sensed as we've gone through this process is that um, although that would be a way of doing it, um, we think that we want to create that broad, diverse ownership group of this vision early on and uh, let go of the ownership of this idea as our congregational idea. And uh, basically, I mean, maybe the one of the ways I've started to think about it is that just as seeds planted itself as a church 20 years ago, 20 plus years ago, that we would be planting a community organization. And that we would... came up with that idea. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, that uh, we would, yeah, that we would just, we would catalyze something and invite other partners to come and be a part of it and that we would be involved in it, but it wouldn't have to be our thing. And there's a few tensions, I think, that came along with that. And this is something that I think we want feedback on too. But one of the tensions is, is that if we want it to be the organization to be something that is truly accessible, um, then are we potentially being invited to let go of our any sense that we would have an agenda as a church. So for newcomers, for example, to be able to connect to an organization, um, can they be at rest um, in knowing that there isn't any kind of hidden agenda? Can our Indigenous friends and neighbors um, not be afraid that we're trying to colonize um them by bringing them into something that we want to do so they become more like us um do our lgbtq um friends have space in in a place that maybe they've been rejected a lot by churches but this is truly a neutral space and um so that's a big that's a big deal i think if we would move in that direction. But I, um, I think between us, we feel that that is, we feel a strong pull in that direction, um, as a way of, of decolonizing for, for maybe lack of a better word ourselves in this process. And also to, um, put ourselves in a place where this has come out of it's kind of um, rising out of a deep sense of I think our faith and our what we believe um, it means to live out of our faith to be embodied and and maybe it seems kind of crazy that it means actually letting go of it not for ourselves personally, but letting go of like any kind of agenda. And I want you to read that quote, Cal, by Brian McLaren, because that's been a bit of a, a beautiful quote to guide us in this tension. Sure. Yeah, gladly. This is, uh, this is a book that's been quite formative in my life. It's something I read recently called uh, Faith After Doubt by Brian McLaren. I'd recommend it to anybody. And the quote that Dara is talking about is, um, I am for any community that seeks the common good in a spirit of love. In fact, as a Christian, I dare to believe that the spirit of God is the inspiration and guide for groups like this, whatever their label. Because God, as I have come to understand God through Jesus, is happy to remain anonymous or to be named in a wide variety of ways or even to go incognito. So that's maybe one thing that you might want to um, ponder and think about if you're listening to this and uh, envision with us. The other part that we maybe should talk about is um, we've we've loosely talked about the exchange in the name uh, in the in the name Altona Community Exchange, and also we've talked about like 
in that congregational meeting, we talked about like, how do we use the footprint that we have? Um, because we had, have always had a real desire to have that, um, space be multifunctional and broadly used. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the exchange and whether or not this is possibly uh, a place for this hub to 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 be home at home. Who of you wants to grab this one? Go ahead, Cal. Excuse me. Early on in the in the in the conversations in the recent, like in the last couple of months. Um, you know, the, the conversation started with, you know, where might this location or might this, this facility be? And there were some conversations about a few different options that, you know, might exist. And by no means have we exhausted all options. There, there may be many other options that we haven't or aren't aware of or haven't pursued. But it's been interesting as I've been talking to people, you know, um, something about having a space somewhere that you use as an example of what might be that seems to help people, right? It seems to help kind of coalesce a concept or an idea. Like something tangible. Something tangible. Like way back at the beginning of this conversation within the Seeds community, we talked about Cornerstone Apartments and this old historic building, right? And that maybe that was something that we might want to consider. Of course, we went down that path and found out that economically that's probably not the best move. (laughs) There's a lot of of cost involved. But having that facility in in the conversation helped to stimulate all sorts of ideas and concepts that came along and mm-hmm. that carried through to what we're talking about today so when i'd have these conversations with people i would mention well just as an example one option might be uh the the exchange which also happens to be the homeless each church and usually within the same breath or the next sentence i would say but I also recognize that, that this is a, the home of a church and that that might bring with it all sorts of baggage and that that might create a sense for people that, no, I'm not going to set foot inside a church. Um, and I, I cannot, uh, well, yeah, there, there weren't very many conversations where that was. Uh, if I think of conversations outside of our own church community with people that are not directly connected to seeds, I cannot think of one single conversation where people thought that was an obstacle. And just to um, put into numbers, you probably met with like, fifth, I don't know, 12 to 15 different community leaders or persons or organizations. Oh, yeah, like there was, probably. it's yeah. a pretty big list. Yeah, I mean, there were some people, there were several conversations, some people there were one-offs, but... Uh, uh, there's probably uh, probably close to a couple of dozen conversations that happened. And, I mean, some people didn't really know anything about us, so, you know, it was sort of neither here nor there. But I was surprised at how many people said, uh, I'll, use, uh, I'll use Joel Pankowitz, a pharmacist at Penn Valley Pharmacy, as an example, who said, uh, I think that's a great location, and, and I can't see why, you know, that, that's just a great location. And you guys have done a good job of, of really kind of differentiating yourselves. Like, it's not a typical church. Um, similar things came out of my conversations with Regional Connections. So they say, well, no, you guys are different. Somehow you've created a different space or a different, you know, a different sense. Paradox and different or, meaning that people don't necessarily um, associate the building with seeds. They might, they, they know that there's a connection, but almost every single one of them has been in there for a different function. Mm. So whereas they, many of the other churches in town, they might not have ever gone to, mm-hmm. uh, maybe, maybe for a funeral or something, but, right. but not that they would have ever gone in, but many of them, whether it was a Christmas production or whether it was rented for a community event or a fundraiser or whatever, yeah. lots of them had been there. Yeah. Uh, and, I, like I say, outside of our own community, there was no feedback, no negative feedback. And I put it out there, like I said, look, this is by no means, this is is a foregone conclusion that this is where it's going to be. But what if it was? And, uh, you know, the feedback was was just positive. And it really, 
you know, comments, I think, on the, the original vision of the exchange and the idea that it was supposed to be a place where the community could intersect. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and it seems to have achieved that for, for many people. Yeah, I, I think I'm, it was very well said, Cal. I think that's one thing I would add along with what you said is that, I mean, one part of our next 20 conversation has been, I mean, on one hand, maybe it's a bit of lament that we've had that we we would have hoped that the exchange would have, we would have um, had more people interacting in our space than we have. Um, you know, if we're realistic about how much of the time our space is being used by somebody, you know, it's still an underused facility. Mm -hmm. And um, so there's a sense that this is a resource that we own, that we want to steward well. And part of that is making it available as much as possible. So that's that's something I think that we we really... And I think part of the thing that's come out of this conversation is that we um, have recognized that maybe... Um, we might be even prepared to uh, divest of our of the building, um, you know, that the building isn't something that we have to hang on to, um, but that we believe our church is not a building and that maybe this resource that we have, maybe we need to give it away at some point. So these are the kind of conversations we've had around the exchange. The other thing I would say is that although it's a resource that we bring with us into this conversation, it's not something that it doesn't have to drive the conversation like it's uh we're not um it's not like well we have this vision to to remove obstacles for people to connect them and uh if we realized that our facility was an obstacle for people to connection then i think we need to be prepared to uh set the facility aside if that is actually an obstacle so or um, at the very least think about how to remove it yeah remove so, the obstacles yeah i mean we've explored a couple of just uh, you know ideas about how to do that but we don't need to get into that today either um but i think yeah i appreciate that the note that and i think it's important to emphasize that that it's the vision that's driving this conversation it's not it's not oh what do we want to do with the exchange you know that's driving it it's what how can we be people that seed connection in the community and connection in as many ways as as one might dream of connecting so so that but that is definitely something we also invite people to weigh in on um so that's a lot already um and there's so much more we could say but i don't want to go on for too much longer what are the next steps that we want to outline well i think i can take that one i i mean the the obvious next step is we are meeting on zoom as a congregation on uh, sunday the 16th at 10 45 a.m and uh, we will present this big idea that we were talking about today and um, what we envision happening and uh, we will be you know, looking for feedback from our community to, uh, you know, what are the questions? What are the, what are the things that you see? What are the things that we're, we're not seeing in this, in this conversation? I think that's the next big step is to broaden the conversation in our community. And then I think the next step from that is we want to convene a focus group or uh, an interested, a group of interested people in this vision to uh, begin the process of moving forward on this. And uh, so I think that would be the next step. Um, we already have, uh, I mean, Cal has, you know, he's been logging frequent flyer miles in terms of conversations over the past year with many, many people. And uh, he's got many people saying things like, oh, I'd really like to be a part of that, or I'd really like to be involved in that conversation, or uh, how can I add something to that? And uh, we want to bring that group of people together to uh, really get the ball rolling and moving in this direction. We should also say, I don't think it's been mentioned yet, but part of 
Um, we talked a lot about um, our experience with Central Station and Winkler and what we experienced there and what they're doing there. And uh, they have been so generous with their expertise and their time and their energy and helping us to think through things from an Altona perspective. And they're um, directly on board with uh, helping facilitate what we're trying to do here in Altona. We have their board's blessing. And, um, you know, so there's a real, um, you know, we have eight years of experience um, from that institution and their, um, their willingness to walk with us. I guess in this case, we need a coach. We need coaches <laughs> to help us through this process. And uh, exactly. we're very excited about, about how we can partner with uh, what they've already been doing. So am I missing anything on the next steps? No, I think, Cal, is there anything else you would add to that? No, I think that's awesome. Okay. Well, of course, there's a lot more that could be said. We tried to um, condense it to the important things. Um, If you're listening to this, we really want to just encourage you to um, reflect on it, pray about it, listen, write down some of your questions, uh, give us a sense of your feedback, join us on the 16th of May, uh, where you can hear it again and maybe more of a presentation form and, uh, we can begin to talk about moving forward, but it's been, you know, it's been a very exciting uh, process so far and I look forward to to expanding the conversation with more people so yeah any last words Kel? I think you've summed it up very nicely <laughs> <laughs> well thanks for joining us and adding adding your wisdom and insight from conversations and uh yeah, we'll we'll see where this goes. Ted, anything more you want to nope. add? Okay. And nothing to add. Okay, thanks for helping us define the relationship. What are we defining? The our relationship to the community of the surrounding area of Eltona and what it might look like in the future. So, thanks for joining us. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.